It's all about load management and find out how the Falcons are prepping their veterans like Cordero Patterson and Grady Jarrett to be 100% for week one. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another illustrious episode of this Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast family, your team every single day. I am, of course, your host, Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Serious Black, a.k.a. Mr. Drew. My friends call me Negative Nancy, but you can call me Mr. Drew, but you can be a friend of mine by becoming an everydayer, by subscribing or listening or following for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So, guys, to later in today's episode, we will be joined by Antoine Smitty Smith from Smitty Sports Machine and, of course, the 95 North uh show here on youtube to talk about this upcoming matchup against the Bengals, who he's looking at as well as some of the ongoing position battles he'll be keying on this friday night when the falcons take on the Bengals. but first we'll, we'll get into some injury updates it's been sort of a hectic week for the falcons since that dolphins game sort of trying to keep guys on track to keep guys that we know are going to make this roster healthy for week one we got some injury updates on Wednesday with Cordero Patterson and Mike Hughes. They're likely to miss the remainder of the summer. They will not be out there for the preseason, but the expectation is they will hopefully be back week one. Of course, Arthur Smith is very, you know, nebulous, as they say, when it comes to the exact timetable for when players to come back. They're battling soft tissue injuries. And for those of you unfamiliar with that term, those are basically like hamstring and quad strains, you know, more muscular issues than necessarily the joints and the bones and the and the tendon issues that you often see with football players. And, you know, depending on the part of the body, if it's a hamstring issue, especially those are infamous for taking a little bit of time to heal. And so it's a lot of rest with some of those issues moving forward. So we'll see about that. Obviously, we don't know the exact nature uh, until Arthur Smith is legally obligated contractually obligated by the nfl to release that injury information on a practice report we will not get that information uh from him uh in that regard but you know with cordero patterson mike hughes being potentially out of lineup this does open opportunities for other players uh potentially to make their case for uh you know making this roster at the running back position right we we didn't think Cordero Patterson was going to really play in the preseason. If he was going to play, he was get like one snap and then get him off the field or whatever. That was never really in the cards, but this gives an opportunity for players like Carlos Washington, Godwin Iquibuque, uh, you know, a chance to really shine, right? It's not that they're going to be taking preseason reps from what Cordero Patterson is, but it's now, okay, if CP's not 100% by week one, maybe we have to carry a fourth running back on the roster, right? And those guys now have an opportunity to say, okay, I'm the guy that you should be keeping on that fourth running back spot, right? And we talked earlier this week with Mike Rossian about Godwin Iquibuque and the fact that he has kick return experience. And so he's kind of looking like kind of the perfect player to kind of replace cp potentially on the roster if cp say is not 100 by week one or something like that have that insurance policy there at that position 
And of course the Falcons, you know, they weren't guaranteed to keep four running backs on the roster anyway. And so now these guys have an opportunity to say, okay, you got to keep me because I'm not going to clear waivers. That's how well I'm playing in these preseason games. So you have to keep me on the roster if you want to keep me around because I'm not going to make it to your practice squad. Someone else is going to scoop me up off the street or whatever. And then at the cornerback position, Mike Hughes was in the mix at not only nickel cornerback, but then with the injury to Jeff Akuda, he was pushing Trey Flowers at that outside cornerback spot. Now I think we can safely say it's probably going to be Trey Flowers as the starting cornerback opposite A.J. Terrell in replacing Jeff Akuda come week one with Mike Hughes likely being out of the lineup there. Um, you know, I still have my concerns with Trey Flowers as that starter, but I think he made a great play in that Dolphins game to set up that DeMarco Hellams interception, and hopefully we'll get more of that on Friday night against the Bengals uh, to give, at least make me more of a believer, you know, Mr. Uh, Drew and whatnot. But, you know, the player that probably benefits the most from Mike Hughes being out of the lineup is Breon Boris. He was the next man up in that Dolphins game when Hughes came out in the first quarter after the first drive, uh, and he made the most of that opportunity in that game, and he can continue to make most of these opportunities moving forward, especially starting with the Cincinnati game. We talked with Mike Rothstein earlier this week about Breon Borders, you know, the fact that he is suspended due to PEDs for the first two games of the regular season, but maybe the Falcons, if he continues to play well, the Falcons don't have to worry about that because, A, he's not going to count towards the 53-man roster, at least in those two weeks, and the Falcons can say, okay, we'll get you back in week three and we'll have a roster spot waiting for you right that is what Breon Borders is basically trying to sell the Falcons on over the next couple of weeks as he fills in for Mike Hughes. So we'll see if he can deliver on that. Uh, Arthur Smith also talked about how some of the recent pickups they've had on the defensive line are kind of also designed to help keep Grady Jarrett's snaps limited. We know Calais Campbell's been dealing with whatever his issue has been for most of the summer, missed most of the practice there. Hopefully, uh, you know, no sort of setbacks in that, and he's on track to play week one, and it seems like he is. You know, Taquan Graham has missed a couple of days of practice this week as well. Uh, so it certainly makes sense for the Falcons to to want to add bodies up front so that they can keep those veteran guys that we, we know we're going to be on the roster fresher uh, and, and see what those guys can do. They did lose one player in Adeogandeji. He is going to the injured reserve. He got a second opinion the other day, and apparently I guess that second opinion wasn't good. And so presumably he's having season-ending surgery. We'll find out at some point, maybe eight months from now, what exactly that injury is. As I said, Arthur Smith ain't telling you if you don't have to tell you. Um, and then to help fill some of these roster spots, the Falcons did sign two bodies up front as I'm talking to Delonte Scott, who is an outside linebacker, pass rusher, edge rusher, whatever you want to call it. You know, there's so many interchangeable terms now. Uh, it was most recently with the XFL in San Antonio. He finished second in the XFL with seven and a half sacks this past uh, spring. Was top 10 in, in pressures. Uh, spent two years prior to that with the Steelers playing on their practice squad primarily. Did get maybe one or two games uh, on special teams. They also added Damone Harris, more of a bigger uh, defensive end, like 275 plus pound guy. So someone that can add some depth at that Calais Campbell spot, potentially uh, with Joe Gaziano and Zach Harrison. And he's kind of bounced around with Houston and Kansas city and Tampa Bay the last couple of years. So I don't think we'll see those guys this weekend against Cincinnati, but I think those guys may get an opportunity to make their case for potentially being a roster guy or practice squad guy. You know, if they can play in that, well in that third preseason game against the Steelers. But we do have a second preseason game coming up to get through first. And our guest Antoine Smitty-Smith from Smitty Sports Machine here on YouTube is about to join us to talk about what he wants to see and whether he's excited to see Bijan take the field as much as I am. 
or if he's chomping at the bit to see somebody else get their first action of the summer on Friday night. And we'll get into all of that, guys, as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. Now, guys, I've been a proud member of the Brawled Boulderhood for many years, but maybe you're not ready to join that illustrious group at this point. And that's where Nutrafol can help. Nutrafol is a number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve hair growth, add visible thickness and scalp coverage. Their supplements use natural ingredients or are backed by science, provide consistent, reliable results. In a clinical study, 84% of men had uh, improvement in their hair after six months of taking Nutrafol's uh, hair growth supplements. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men, and you can take their hair wellness quiz and identify the causes of your thinning hair, uh, whether that be stress, hormones, or something else. Nutrafol is going to give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. And you can take your first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair and see why over 4,000 health care professionals recommend Nutrafol by going to Nutrafol.com slash men. And when you do use the promo code locked on NFL and you'll get $10 off your first month's subscription uh, and get free shipping. That's Nutrafol spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash M-E-N and enter the promo code locked on NFL. That's Nutrafol.com slash men promo code locked on NFL. Welcome back everyone to another illustrious episode here of the Locked On Falcons. Podcast, where we are always joined by illustrious guests. He is none other than Antoine Smitty Smith. You may know him from Smitty's Sports Machine on YouTube, as well as the 95 North Show as well. Long time coming. Ever since the days of both Smitty and I being very early adopters on the Kyle Pitts bandwagon back before the 2021 <laughs> NFL draft. So this has been a long time in the making uh, for us. And Smitty, man, welcome to the show. Hey Aaron, what's up, man? Uh, finally, glad to finally, you know, get to share the same screen with you, man. Uh, we're always on Twitter cutting the food, and uh, now we get to get the people a piece of our uh, daily work. Absolutely, absolutely. So, talking Atlanta Falcons, of course, here with Smitty, and we have a game in a couple of days against the Cincinnati Bengals. We should get an opportunity to see the Atlanta Falcons starters. I don't think we'll get the opportunity to see the Bengals starters, but We'll see how that all plays out. But Smitty, what are you expecting or what do you want to see from this Atlanta Falcons team when they take on the Bengals on Friday night? Um, what I want to see is a continuation from game one against Miami. Um, I want to see the offense run the ball successfully. Uh, B. John Robinson, I want to see him get about 10 snaps. Uh, Kyle Pitts, probably about 5 to 10. So I want to see the offensive starters uh, get into kind of sort of a rhythm. Uh, because we know Desmond really is going to need snaps. Uh, he may not play probably about one or two series, but to me, I feel like he should go at least first quarter uh, since he didn't play, but we know how Austin Smith roll. Uh, he's not going to put his guys in harm's way, and I understand that. Uh, but offensively, I would love to see the um, Falcons get in the rhythm uh, offensively with Desmond Ritter uh, to show what he's learned this offseason and in OTAs. Um, defensively, uh, I want to see the continuation of the pass rush, uh, see how the starters come out because the second stream put on the show last week. And I want to see how much an upgrade um, is the pass rush going to be with the first unit. Uh, so going forward, um, I think last week showing and this week showing will let us know if some of the second stream guys will get more playing time and more reps because of what they did you know, in the preseason. I would love to see. A uh, great mix of talent like they had last year with guys like Anthony Rush, 
uh, Abdullah Anderson and those guys, uh, Timmy Horn. Uh, I would just look. I'm just, you know, just waiting to see uh, what that pass rush is going to do. Well, my next question for you, Smitty, and I know people watching this show know exactly what my answer to this question is in terms of who is the player that you're most excited to see. For me, it's, of course, Bijan Robinson. Um, I'm curious for you, is Bijan the player that you're most interested in seeing on Friday night, or is there maybe another player uh, in, in your mind? Uh, I'm going to be honest, man. I'm going to go Kyle Pitts with this one because he suffered that knee injury last year. He's coming back off of surgery. And he's gotten rid of the knee brace. He's been running full speed in practice. Uh, so I can't wait to see how he gets in and out of cuts, um, how, you know, fast he's going to, you know, move. And just can't wait to see him dominate, man. If he can come back to the 2021 form, ah, man, we in for a great season. Because like I've said, he's the X factor to the, to the Atlanta Falcons to me. Because as I always say, the tight end is the quarterback safety blanket. So uh, with all these added weapons, I still think Kyle Pitts is that X factor that they need. Now, I'm curious to pick your brain on, on Kyle Pitts being that X factor. Um, you know, do you see him having the similar role that he had last year as kind of the team's main deep threat this year? Uh, yeah, I could still see that. But since they went out and got guys like Scotty Miller and we've seen Xavier Malone in preseason – um, I think he's going to work the intermediate in the scenes a little bit more this year. Uh, he could still line up a lot in the slot or outside because we have so much depth and tight end that we can have a two tight end set in line. He can line up outside. Uh, we know he's a mismatch for anybody on that defensive side of the ball. So, um, yeah, Kyle Pitts. Um, I think he's going to be a little bit more intermediate working in the middle of the field, and that's going to help open up the run game as well. Absolutely. So we're going to keep this conversation going here with Smitty uh, and talk a little bit more about some of the position battles that are still ongoing. Maybe we'll get a glimpse of, of potentially that starting left guard in Matthew Bergeron on Friday night as well. So we'll get into sort of which position battles Smitty is still keying in on as this preseason unfolds. And we'll get into that as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. Agreed. So here with Smitty of uh, Smitty Sports Machine, as well as 95 North. And we're talking about the Falcons versus the Bengals on Friday night. And of course, there's a couple of position battles still ongoing, a lot of depth roles for the Atlanta Falcons uh, in terms of what they're trying to do, fill out some of those depth roles. We only have a handful of starting spots up for grabs, but I don't know if you had the same feeling that I had, Smitty, coming out of that Dolphins game when we didn't see Matthew Bergeron in week one uh, against the Dolphins and considering that Matt Hennessy still is out of the lineup and still hasn't returned to practice. It does feel like Bergeron is that starting left guard for the Falcons. I know on the defensive side of the ball, the nickel cornerback position was an ongoing battle. We, we missed Clark Phillips in week one against the Dolphins. He is back at practice, but it does feel like D. Alford kind of has that spot unlocked. Do you sort of agree that those position battles are over? Um, the left guard position, I think, is a little bit open still. Uh, and to be honest, I can see the Falcons going outside a veteran to play that guard position. Uh, just like they had Elijah Wilkinson last year. Uh, Bergeron could be the shoe-in, but, you know, he still got to get acclimated to the speed of the game, um, to the playbook and things of that nature. But one thing I did see with him in training camp that I did like, he had great footwork and great handwork. Uh, he has a lot of power in his hands, and he can get to that second level pretty good. Um, with the cornerback position, that nickel corner, I agree. 
uh, D. Offered. I think he has that on lock, and he showed that with the punt return, uh, with the coverage. And one guy that surprised me, and he suspended the first two games, is Breon Borders. He played out of his mind against Miami. He let me know that, um, hey, he's coming for playing time. So with Clark Phillips, D. Offered, and Breon Borders, I love to see what they're going to do with that nickel spot. Okay. Now, are there any other position battles that you're focused on going into this Bengals game that you're hoping to see maybe some movement on in terms of one guy winning the job or one guy losing the job or whatever? Uh, to be honest, uh, the safety position, man, I've talked about this a good little bit. Um, and I know Richard Grant is probably going to get the nod at the starting spot. But with Jalen Hawkins, man, he's super athletic coming out of Cal. I remember doing, you know, videos on him watching film uh he's one of those athletic guys that you know just needs to and i think jerry gray is going to get the best out of him he just needs to find a way to stay consistent and if he can find a way to stay consistent with his athletic ability uh Jalen hawkins could sneak into the starting lineup at some point this season and that's no knock to richie grant i just always seen that potential in Jalen hawkins yeah, I think one of the things going to be interesting to watch is we saw the Falcons use some dime defense in that Dolphins game with six DBs, three safeties, three corners. Right, right. And I imagine that they want to get all three of those guys between Richie Grant, Jesse Bates, and Jalen Hawkins on the field at various times during the season if they continue that in the regular season. I'll be interested to see how they deploy them. I'm expecting Richie Grant to be more of that sort of in-the-box you know, covering tight ends type of player, given his past playing some nickel corner as a rookie right. and all that stuff. And he seemed like he was better in that. And Hawkins being more of a the deep guy. And of course you have Jesse Bates, but you know, with Jesse Bates also being a deep guy, like you can kind of play around with those safeties. So I'm also very curious to see how they deploy those guys. And I'm eager to see what Jalen Hawkins can do um, in this defense. Would you agree? Definitely agree. 100%. Are there any other uh, position battles that you you're focused on in this Bengals game? Uh, I'm gonna be honest, man. The wide receiver position. We keep talking about that number two spot, but I think Matt Hollis got that sewed up. Number mm-hmm. three, um, I would say Scotty Miller could have that spot. Uh, but one guy that, like I said earlier, I'm gonna keep an eye on is Xavier Malone. Man, he went up and got that catch against Miami. Show his toughness, and he has the speed to play. And um, he's just one I, I'm going to keep an eye on. Josh Ali is another one. Uh, he missed the reception uh, wide open and could have threw it no perfect than that from Logan Woodside. And uh, that may hamper him uh, mentally. But I think he can bounce back because both of these guys have had a great training camp. Um, we, we lost Frank Darby. We lost uh, Chris Blair. So uh, the wide receiver room is getting a little bit smaller. And it's going to keep getting smaller until August the 29th come when that 53-man roster shutdown come. Uh, but those two guys are two guys that I'm going to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah. I think that wide receiver that, you know, I think the wide receiver five spot is wide open going into training camp. And, you know, I thought Zay Malone did probably had the best play of the night against the Dolphins. And I'm hoping that you know, against the Bengals, we'll, we'll see maybe somebody else emerge or whether it's Zay Malone, someone to create a little bit of separation. Like, I feel like that's going to be a position battle that we won't know who's going to win the job until after the Steeler game next week and, like, right. where we'll see all those guys get to play. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, I think, if this week 
we get a little bit of separation, maybe a little bit of a pecking order, whether that's a Zay Malone at the top, whether that's a J.J. Ortega-Whiteside or whoever else is in the mix there. Uh, but um, any any other spots that you're, you're, you're focused on, Smitty, before we duck out of here? Um, I, I don't think so. I take that back. I'm interested to see, as I talked about tight end uh, position uh, with Kyle Pitts, I want to know how many tight ends will Arthur Smith keep uh, this year. Uh, could be three, could be four, who knows? Uh, uh, because we don't even talk about John Fitzpatrick, a six-seven blocking tight end who's a legit red zone target. Um, that's going to be interesting to see how many t- tight ends that he keeps uh, in this offense. Yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you say three, it could be four, it could, it could be five. They have they carried five for a, a large chunk of last season. Uh, you know, of course, the the incomparable Felipe Franks was that sort of fifth tight end. Uh, but you know, we'll see. You sort of, I, I think, you look at this group and you have Kyle Pitts, you have Jonathan Smith. You feel pretty good about what Michael Pruitt brings to the table. We know Parker Hesse is a valuable contributor as a blocker, and it's a question of you know, does John Fitzpatrick do enough to to potentially uh, allow them to keep five? You know, Arthur Smith loves his tight end, so he's looking for any excuse to to get that extra body on the roster. I think. Agree, agree. And uh, I think the news came out about Cordero Patterson, uh, maybe out to week one. And um, I'm interested to see how he's going to use him this year, whether it's receiving, rushing, um, special teams. But I know one thing for sure, if he plays running back in the fourth quarter, that's where he's going to be the most valuable because fresh legs in the fourth quarter against a worn-down defense, and he's 230 pounds, uh, Arthur Smith might be cooking with something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think with Patterson being out, that that gives an opportunity for some of those other young running backs to get a little bit more opportunities like Carlos Washington and Godwin Igabuke. I think we saw, you know, some some good flashes from them against the Dolphins and looking forward to seeing what those guys can do uh, when they take over for uh, Tyler Algier and B. John Robinson, probably pretty early in the game, because, you know, as you say, I, I don't expect we'll see a ton of those guys maybe after the first quarter. So we'll see what those guys can do and, and give the Falcons another good, you know, depth option, whether that's on the roster or the practice squad or whatever. So I'm looking forward to all that. So there's a, still a lot of things to continue to be played out on Friday night against the Cincinnati Bengals. Smitty, let the people know where they can find your stuff if they want to get not only your thoughts on that game, your reaction to that game, and all the other things that you'll be working on in the coming days and weeks. Uh, yeah, um, I'm on Smitty Sports Machine on YouTube. Uh, you can catch all my latest news, all my reaction videos. Uh, I have playlists with all-time Falcons lists. Uh, so I do it all, man. Uh, but y'all can find me there. Or y'all can find me on Twitter at, at FatboySlim underscore 21. You see it on the screen. Uh, I'm always there. I'm uh, connecting with a lot of guys. And like I said, man, me and Eric cut the food on that. So <laughs> find me there. Absolutely. Guys, go check them out. Uh, look forward to you know, your comments and, and reaction to this game against the, the Bengals and see who sort of steps up and, you know, yep. who's going to be uh, – who, who are going to be the players that we're going to be talking about next week, you know, heading into that Steelers game uh, to, to see how those battles go. But, Smitty, I really appreciate it. We will definitely uh, do this again, hopefully during the season where – No doubt, no doubt. Real football to be talking about, real football games that matter, uh, rather than – preseason and practice, but uh, really appreciate you coming through uh, on today's episode. Anytime, man. Anytime. 
All right, guys, that is going to do it for us here on today's episode. I want to thank Smitty for joining us on today's episode to get his thoughts on this upcoming matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. And of course, tomorrow we'll be joined by Jarvis Davis uh, to get his thoughts on that preseason matchup. And hopefully things will be back to normal here on this illustrious podcast. And instead of uh, broadcasting live from this undisclosed location, we will go back to our regularly disclosed location. But we'll see whether that is the case and my power is restored at my house or or not so tune in as your first listen to check out the surroundings and maybe you'll get another cameo by my niece on tomorrow's episode as well so guys that is going to do it for us here on today's locked on falcons uh continue to make us your first listen on your preferred podcast platform and for your second listen check out the locked on nfl podcast where you're getting the lowdown on the other 31 nfl teams lots of moves being made just Jadavion Clowney gonna sign Dalvin Cook Zeke Elliott what's going on with Chris Jones's contract all that and more as part of the Locked On NFL podcast of course it's part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day